I've been doing a series of segments in the Q&A on school education for Kaddish and boys in Chabad. And I've done a number. And of course, I'm sure everybody understands that uh, I'm not saying Kabu Daiti. I'm not saying that I know. I'm saying that I think. And then it can be discussed and debated, especially those things that I'm saying that are novel and maybe controversial. Or maybe novel and for sure controversial. The last segment that I did, I talked about what boys should learn. And there's one thing that I left out on purpose. Because I want to do a separate segment on that, and that's the question of Fabrengens, children and Fabrengens. I want to start by saying that Fabrengens are very, very important. They're very important because the Rebbe thinks they're important. It's very, very clear from the Rebbe that as much as it may seem to you and me, that uh, Fabrengens are inefficient, especially when they keep the children up late at night, they have an, an incredible value. I, I was sitting with a psychotherapist, with a mental health expert, and uh, amongst other things, he talked about several things that the Rebbe instituted in Chabad, and one of them was Fabrengens, and the social value of a Fabrengen, meaning to say, how the way he put it, the Rebbe appreciates how important it is for people to have an opportunity to talk to one another, and this is why he made the Fabrengen, which is, which I don't think is the Rebbe's direct intention, but everybody sees what the Rebbe does through their own lens. He's a psychotherapist, this is his lens, and that's how he interpreted it. Fabrengens are very important, and there's a lot of indications that the Rebbe holds that Fabrengens are important. But Fabrengens can become counterproductive. They can defeat themselves. And there's a number of ways that Fabrengens can defeat themselves, and I will list several. And then we'll talk about possible uh, uh, solutions, although it's not simple and easy. The first is alcohol. There's no question, and there's no doubt, that the Rebbe is very, very against the abuse of alcohol. And he's talking not only about kids who are 15, 16, and 17, He's talking about men who are 25, 26, and 27. There is no good religious justification for breaking the gzeda of drinking mashke. The Rebbe said, till 40, ben arboim labina, you should drink more than four lachayims. Any person who looks at the world in which we live objectively sees just how simply correct the Rebbe is. Um, it's so easy for people who indulge in substances that alter their consciousness to abuse it. It's so easy because it's available and because it's cheap and because the nature of our lives is such that we're always looking for a thrill. And um, there's reasons why. It doesn't matter why, but that's the fact. Even if it seems to whatever mashpia that this particular person will gain very much by drinking mashke, it usually always backfires. It may not backfire immediately, but over time you'll see that it was a mistake. Alcohol is destructive. It's not good. It's not good. And if, if I may put it to you in a psychological context, it ends up with depression. It ends up with depression. In other words, it starts out to make a person feel better or to feel looser. It ends up with disappointment. You leave with a bad taste in your mouth, which of course is then solved by more alcohol. So this is certainly true that mashka has to be very carefully controlled. This doesn't mean that people shouldn't say l'chaim, but it has to be very carefully controlled and we have to be particularly aware of using mashke as a Hasidic thing. In other words, the idea that I need it for religious reasons and I can't do without it. Um, I have a former colleague who told me that when he was young and he was a mashpia, 
He said to the Rebbe that he cannot fabring with the Bochre without Mashke. And in Yechidas asked the Rebbe for permission to be the exception to the rule. And the Rebbe said to him in Yiddish, why do you have to use such lowly things for such lofty purposes? If you need to be in a certain mood in order to fabring, sing the Gunim or tell Hasidic stories. And I think the Rebbe told him that today there's such an abundance of Hasidic stories that you can be intoxicated from that alone, you can be put into a mood from that alone, and there's no need for the alcohol. This is number one. And number two is the tendency of Fabrengans to become frivolous, to become fun. And the truth is they are supposed to be. Fabrengans are supposed to be informal. Fabrengans are not supposed to be a class. Fabrengans are not supposed to be controlled. Fabrengans are supposed to be warm and inviting and including and so on. But they also have a purpose. They have a religious purpose. And there are so many possibilities for the good to become not good. And perhaps the most acute uh, example for this is not getting enough sleep. When kids stay up late, and of course kids are Superman, they can go, they have energy far beyond the energy of the adults, and they can stay up all night and stay up all day, but it isn't true. They become lightheaded, they become less disciplined, they have much less self-control. And this, is, this can become a habit, a bad habit, where Fabrengans make a person less in control of himself and it spills over into bad habits as far as going to sleep at night and getting up late, even when there are no Fabrengans. This is a serious pitfall. And, um, and it's complicated. Since Fabrengans are supposed to be informal, Fabrengans are supposed to be warm, the control element of a Fabrengan needs to be in the background, but it must be there. It must be there. And it must be there, A, in terms of managing time. Fabrengans don't go on forever. Um, you know, there are stories of Fabrengans that go on all night. I think those are rare, those are exceptions. They should not be the rule. Even by Chesidish Yidnu, our adults, Purim, Fabreng all night. Sem Chasteri, Fabreng all night. Fabrengans need to have a beginning and a middle and an end. Um, to write it in on a piece of paper seems almost uh, inappropriate, but maybe it is appropriate. It's got to be controlled as far as time. And it also needs to be controlled as far as the atmosphere. Comfortable, warm, yes. Wild, hysterical, uh, let's put it this way, disrespecting and disrespectful, no. And I, I think these are things which, by the nature of the Fabrengen, are likely to occur. And there needs to be controls put in place that this is uh, the, the Fabrengen shouldn't go in that direction. Or to say what I just said, all the things I said, in other words, Fabrengans are about religion. The purpose of a Fabrengan is to inspire Yiddishkeit. Uh, one of my brothers has this Gvaldek Avot that he says about Fabrengans, that a Fabrengan is like a kiln where you bake an earthenware vessel. When you make an earthenware vessel, you buy this special clay and you mix it, you shape it, and you let it dry. And after you dry, it's hard, but it's also brittle. Hot and cold will crack it. So you put it into this oven, you bake it at 1200 degrees or 1400 degrees, and it becomes hard, it becomes tough. And then you do makavapatish, you hit it with a hammer so everything sets, and then it has toughness. Fabrengans don't change what we, what we look like, but they change how, who we are, is one with us. So they're critically important. They're the makzidah lekifshet, they're the oven that bakes 
and makes us for people who talk about Yiddishkeit to do Yiddishkeit into Yidin and in, to use a Chabad expression to people who are prepared for Mesiris Nefesh they're very vital they're very very important but they need to be religious they need to be focused on Yiddish Hashem they need to focus on His Kashus they need to be focused on Limitat Teira they need to be focused on Aves Yisrael and these focuses are not allowed to be lost they're not allowed to be lost and it's on the mashpia, it's on the fabrenger to not let that happen. And it's, it's hard. It's hard for all kinds of reasons. So these are the pitfalls. These are the problems, right? Now, what are my solutions? <laughs> what are my solutions? My solutions are, number one, that young kids should not have long fabrengens. And again, I mentioned this in an earlier segment that as time passes, chassidus that used to be taught to older and older and more and more mature people is being taught to younger and younger people. And it's das chachomim neichemena. I don't think there's even a question that the Rebbe approves. The Rebbe looks at our generation, you know, through that simple lens of grab and eat and grab and drink. If kids who are eleven and learning Tanya, the Rebbe is happy about it. Kids are eleven having fabrenginish, the Rebbe is happy about it. Which is a which is a catch twenty two because when kids who are immature engage in things that are by definition mature, they don't get it. They, in other words, they develop an immature relationship with something that's very deep and meaningful. And when they grow up, they retain that immature sense of what that is and they miss out on the whole thing. This is why when adults come to Hasidus, it's so deep for them. And kids raised in Hasidus often see it as frivolous because they got it at an age where they couldn't fully value it. So I think uh, Fabrengans need to be short. Fabrengans need to have a beginning and an end. Even for Masifta Bachrim, even for high school boys. Now, the kids don't feel like it's a fabrengen. There's a lot of emotion involved, unless they feel like they're really going to an extreme, which means they're staying up all night and they're dancing and singing for hours and hours and hours. I get that. Um, but I'm not so sure it's, it's worthwhile. I think in the end, this feeling of being in a fabrengen um, doesn't last for a lifetime, I don't think. And the ill effects of young kids, and young kids, I mean high school boys, not just ninth graders and eighth graders, but even 10th and 11th graders, um, eventually leads to a light, a lightheartedness, a light attitude towards time, towards sleep, towards day and night, which then translates towards that terribly mean four-letter word that I continuously refer back to, W-O-R-K, work. Life is about hard work. And uh, you don't want the fabrengen to take away from that hard work. You want that fabrengen to enhance that hard work. So fabrengens are shorter and they're more controlled. And you can have a special occasion. You can have a simchastet. You can have an apudim where things are not so controlled. But as a, fab, as a rule, younger people have to have a limited fabrengens. And I think it's true for Bachim Abbas and as well. It's very, very difficult to say this with a certitude. Because if you look at Lubavitch today, and you look at Shlichas today, and you look at the Chabad light, the kids who are not Chassidish. For many of them, in all of those different groups, the most important contributing factor is the Fabrengen. Guys who went to Yeshiva and didn't learn. Guys who went to Yeshiva and rebelled. Guys who went to Yeshiva and were not so from. The Fabrengens did something for them. And it was the late nighters and the wild ones that they remember. So it's very, very hard to say, don't do it. It's very hard to say don't do it, especially when you're talking about older Bachrim. But I think it's important that they should, you should never forget the purpose. That Fabrengens are about Yiddishkeit and about Chassidus 
and about avoida, about work. That's what the bottom line is. The only thing that's real that we have, that we're going to sustain for the duration of our lives, the only thing we take from yeshiva, which is going to keep us erlich and frum and yiddish and chsidish for the duration of our life, are the things we worked hard on. Fabrengas are not hard. Fabrengas are easy. The hachlotas we make at the fabrengan may be difficult. And that's not a lot of get lost in the processes of fabrengan. I want to finish by saying that I'm not... I'm not even sure I know what I said. I'm certainly not sure if what I said is correct. I do believe that for young boys, and the later young is the better. Young means not just 13, 16, 17, they should not be up all night. They should be in bed, they should be sleeping, they should be at home or in the dormitory by, by a reasonable hour. A, a regular fabrengen by midnight, more than regular fabrengen by water in the morning, it's enough, it's enough. But even older bachrim, mesmedish bachrim and 770 bachrim, it's important fabrengen should have a, a containment. That's what I said. But I know from experience, and I also know from how much the Rebbe talks about this, that it's impossible to truly measure the value of a fabrengen. It's impossible. And the effects of a fabrengen, what fabrengens do for people. And like I said before, faket, sometimes the fabrengens leave the greatest mark on the people whom you think the fabrengen didn't affect. The boys who are learning and davening have the learning and the davening. The boys who didn't learn and didn't daven and didn't come to say then they showed up in the middle of the night and when they're 25, 30, 35 years old and they're living their lives and the fabrengens come back to them, this literally makes them through. So it's very hard to say that you can box in a fabrengen with a certitude. I, I, I'm, I'm raising the problem and I'm making certain suggestions. And I'm finishing with a resounding, I'm not sure. And this, this like I said before, leaves room for us to, to revisit these things and think about these things. Mm -hmm.